What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Whatnots Review Show. This is episode 92, uh, where each week we have a story to talk about. Could be a comic, could be a movie, could be a manga, could be a TV show. Who knows? We rate it, watch it, do what we have to do, come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer. I just messed up my name because I'm like completely out of it. Kyle Springer. <laughs> Excuse me. My name is Kyle Springer. And I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson, who is completely cracking up and this, laughing at me. This got so chaotic in a minute flat. <laughs> I, it's just like one of those times when you're like, not used to because I, I don't think did i do the intro right last time that i hosted one i i i tend <laughs> to skip the like we have a new story to talk about each week nowadays and so then yeah, you, like, you you know play what? more jazz with it i i follow a script yeah which is the script that i i gave you but yeah i was just like you know what I'm I'm gonna go back to the script and then that messed me up. <laughs> Here we are, Melissa. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I had a lazy Saturday. Uh huh. Because for the past couple months we've been recording our our podcast yeah. crossplay on Saturdays, uh, but now we are moving our recording date to Sunday nights. Um, so I had all day Saturday to do whatever I wanted, and mm. I laid in bed all day and watched season six of Agents of Shield. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was good. Did a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> that can be nice. Yes. I drove into a, a park in the woods yesterday. Okay. What was, uh, <laughs> calling you to go <laughs> drive into the woods. Well, I found this mystical amulet. No, my sister-in-law ah. works for the Department of Conservation, and there was this big winter festival that she had planned. Okay. So I went out there to go see what she had done. This what park did they have. Okay, so the, in this park, in the like visitors center building, on the outside, there's this like kind of shadow box, like. Oh, like as big as the side of the building and it's like glass covered. It's like this little area in there and you hit a button and inside is a smoky bear animatronic. And when you hit the button on the outside, he like kind of comes to life and like moves a little bit and gives you a speech about fire safety. Only you, kid. Only us. <laughs> Only you can stop forest fires. <laughs> I was just, this is a beautiful park. First of all, <laughs> never been out there. Real jealous. She gets to work there all the time. I had yeah. no idea I was going to run into a surprise animatronic <laughs> outside was, of a theme park. Was that more scary or less scary than like seeing it outside of a like a Chuck E. Cheese environment? No, I was love this, like, them. I think we need more animatronics all over the place. Uh, okay, because I, I, I'm imagining this would be like a Batman in the daylight situation, which is like, <laughs> what are you doing? You look ridiculous. <laughs> Just having Ooh, one why? loose animatronic. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I just want more everywhere. I want to go to like 
a car wash and it has an animatronic. I want to go to like a nail salon and it has an animatronic. Car wash, yeah. Turn it into a dark ride. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Interesting. Melissa was out in the middle of the woods communing mm. with animatronics. <laughs> yeah, not nature, only robot. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's strange too. <laughs> that's like it's like, hey, come spend the day in nature with us. Here's a robot. <laughs> I mean, the the trees were pretty, but I was most most excited by this robot. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We are here this week to talk about Lock and Key volumes mm-hmm. one and two. Uh, this is a comic book written by Joe Hill with art by Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, I believe published by IDW. Is that I think right? So yeah, thing here, I believe so. Um, yeah, and this is about to be a Netflix show coming mm-hmm. out at the end of this week, uh, which I am pretty excited for. Yeah, uh, I pitched this one. I last week I didn't really have a theme. It was just a b- bunch of like here's some good yeah. variety of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What made you pick this one? Because this is a title you have mentioned a lot, and then you told me you had never actually read it. You mm-hmm. just knew what it was. And I'm like, well, I think it's about time like we check this off your to-do list, because now I need yeah. to know what it is. Yeah. So to clarify, I haven't read the comic until mm. now, uh, which we only read the first two volumes. Uh, but I have consumed the entire story. Oh. Uh I listened to the audio drama version. There's like an audio book version of it. And back when I was in college, I listened to that. Um, Because, again, I had heard great things about this Mm -hmm. comic. And I think I was able to get my hands on the audio book thing for free. So it was just like, well, I might as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I I did. I enjoyed it. from what I remember, my only complaint with the audiobook version is there's a lot of scenes where there's no dialogue, and so characters are just like moving around, and there's oh. like no, 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 and it, and it's 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 like okay, like you can kind of tell that they're looking at something or rummaging yeah. around on a desk, so you can kind of figure out what's happening, but it was still just like I, what are they, what are they doing? What are they mm. looking at? tell me like yeah like it was missing the visual component um Mm -hmm. which uh i i think is a huge part of this story yes now that i've seen the or read the first two volumes of the comic uh i i think you really really need a visual aspect with this story um but yeah what did you think so I had seen the trailer for the Netflix series mm-hmm. and then I read this book and then I just went back and I watched the Netflix trailer again and I look at it and I'm like so much of the imagery in this trailer is taken directly from the graphic novels like yeah. there's a lot of set designs and just like the framing of scenes and like different objects like a lot of it is a really close stylistic match Nice. so nothing in the trailer is incorrect but I'd seen that trailer and thought, this seems like 
you know, kind of a, a whimsical, fun family adventure. This seems like it's only about as spooky as like Stranger Things is. And then I read the graphic novel. I'm like, oh, this packs a wallop. This yeah. is gruesome. So I go back and I watch the trailer again. And I'm like, nothing here is incorrect. But like, how much they're, did you clean the story up? Yeah. I mean, there is blood in the trailer. You do see Kenzie covered in blood. Yeah. So maybe they, this is a full adaptation. <laughs> and yeah, it's just kind I, of I masking so. itself as, no, this is, uh, you know, fun for uh, preteens. <laughs> Invited 11-year-old to watch. Yeah, no, so I, it's it's one of those things, because I, I pitched it last week as a horror story, but I had trouble describing it, because it's yeah. not, like, it, looking at the art, and we'll get more in the mm. details once we get into spoilers and stuff after we do our synopsis, but I had trouble describing it, because it's very imaginative, like, yes. it's, it's not a horror story in the sense that like uh ready or not what was mm. which i guess is also fairly whimsical but like yeah. uh bram stoker's dracula right sure. like that is meant to be a horror story mm. um whereas this has all of that stuff but then there's this like imaginative side and it's not yeah it's not necessarily whimsical in the sense that mm. like Willy Wonka is yeah, whimsical it, but it's very fantastical yes like exactly. it's very magic um and, and so it's 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 hard to like pinpoint like <laughs> it is this one thing or it, it it is like this or it's it's scary but it's also not because of this stuff but it's also gruesome but it's also you, you yeah, no. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that like the magic parts of it can be a little chilling in their implications, but like right. the roughest part of it is just what humans are doing. Like just give you the synopsis for the story for you the audience. Mm -hmm. Uh there's this family, it's like t a teenage boy and girl and like the 6-year-old boy. And they mm -hmm. they live with their mom and their dad, and then their dad gets brutally murdered in a home invasion brutally murdered yep. and we see all of this and the story is mostly about the family dealing with that fallout and the worry that that invader is going to come for them again and then they move into this magical victorian mansion he with all us. these magic doors in it yes yes yeah so like that's not where the horror comes from like the horror is in the story before they even get to the weird house yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because it 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 has this this like character who is very menacing and kind of coming after them. Yes, uh, and they don't necessarily know why, and so mm -hmm. it's it's through exploring this house and finding all of these different keys and unlocking these like magical doors that have all these strange magical effects that they are starting to uncover the story and what's happening and why it's ha happening and who this mm. is that is, yeah. is 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 after them um so yeah it's it's pretty interesting before we get into spoilers let me ask you one more mm. thing does this make yeah. you more or less excited to check out the Netflix show? Oh, more. Like, I don't know if I'll, like, binge watch this thing first sure. week because that's also just typically not my habit with these things. Sure. I don't know how soon I'll be able to get to it, schedule permitting, but I have to see 
what they turned this into and how close of an adaptation it is. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, I I think this has made me more excited mm-hmm. for this show. Um, but j- just I mean, just to get back into this sto- sto- story because I've 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 heard the story. Mm-hmm. Right, the entire yeah. time, and I really liked it. And so now to get to dive into the original is neat. Uh, and and then just to to be like, hey, they're actually making a Netflix yeah. show of this. Yeah, hell yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, so good stuff. A uh, little bit of housekeeping mm-hmm. for you guys. Uh, go check out our website, thewhatnots.com. Uh, you guys can find more information about all of the podcasts that we do, uh, including Crossplay, which is the one yeah. that I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, and if you guys like what we do, we would absolutely love your help and support on Patreon. Patreon.com slash thewhatnots is where mm-hmm. you can support us uh, for as little as a dollar a month. And you guys can get access to the live streams of this show. Um, which we do on YouTube privately uh, mm-hmm. for, for our patrons. Uh, you guys can get exclusive content, exclusive episodes and stuff like that. We just uh, we just put up one where we had yeah. a fantasy movie giraffe mm-hmm. making our own cinematic universe out of things that aren't connected. Yep. <laughs> it was a, lo- a lot of fun. So go check that stuff out. But we also want to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam. And thank you, Christine, uh, thank for helping you. us out and covering us uh, when, when, so we can just sit here and focus on, on making podcasts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It helps us out a ton. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's all the housekeeping for now. Uh, let's move on to spoilers then. Mm-hmm. On spoiler button. There we go. A little bit slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Fun fact. Yes. Joe Hill, the writer of uh this book, is the son of um. Oh great! Now my mind just went blank. Oh, that spooky main man. Yeah, that 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 spooky man. You know, the spooky <laughs> man. <laughs> Come on, the spooky man. Mr. Um, Stephen the King. S- Stephen King. Yeah, he's he's Stephen King's son. Um, and so. we have covered King to some degree on the show before. He wrote part of American Vampire, uh, which we read for Halloween. And we also watched the Hulu series Castle Rock, which is an original story based on like an amalgamation of all of the Stephen King lore. Like they just dumped mm-hmm. the King canon into like yeah. a big stew pot and stirred it up and they pulled castle rock out of it yeah yeah we've we've done some some stuff mm-hmm. uh, from their family before uh but yeah joe hill uh tends to write a lot of comics um he he, Good. he, he, he tends to focus more on comics uh, at, at least that i've seen that's how i i know him from from stuff mm-hmm. um, most famously i think is lock and key yeah. Uh, which they have been trying to make into a TV show for a long time. How old is this? Uh, it seemed like it was, you know, several years old. 2009. Okay, yeah. So the first issue came out February 20th, 2008. Mm. Uh, that was when the first issue came out. So yeah, it's it's 
been around for more than a decade, but there was a pilot for a TV show for Lock and Key, uh, I believe on Fox back in 2011. Wow. Don't know if it made it to TV, but they tried making it. Uh, And I think they tried making it on Hulu in 2017 and 2018, uh, and it never made it. And then Netflix picked it up. I I think Netflix seems like a decent home for it, just because I mentioned Stranger Things. Like, I think Netflix does have a similar pool of content. I was going to say in this tone and for this age range, but again, I'm not sure because this story is so much more grim and mature and harrowing than you would think it is based on the premise. Yeah, this maybe not for young teens. Um, There there is some some stuff that they deal with in in the book uh, for better or for worse uh, that, yeah. It just, just might might be a little bit d- d- difficult uh, yeah. to to t- take. It's nothing that I don't think you couldn't show them, mm-hmm. but it's just it's one of those like I don't know. The, <laughs> the book may also may not handle it very adeptly, so it's kind of just a you might have to l- 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 look and see mm-hmm. first type of thing. But let's dive in. Uh, to spoilers and stuff like that. Uh, well, l- let me actually start with a simpler c- question. Okay. Who is your favorite character so far? Oh. I wished we would have gotten to see more of him, but I really liked Uncle Duncan. Okay. He was really interesting, especially that statement of, well, the house chose Duncan. This is why Duncan lives there and Rindle didn't. Yeah. And I yeah. like that he's just this, you know, pretty happy-go-lucky guy. Like, you know, he's going through a rough time, but he's the one with his head on his shoulders you know, the most. He's holding it together the most. He's a good provider. He's very supportive. He's got the most spark of life in him more than any other characters of course he wasn't there for the murder like the rest of the family was (laughs) i imagine that helps but i i liked his inclusion into this and like so many times when you hear that basic kind of classic young adult premise of we have to go live in a mysterious house with an uncle it's always like a creepy uncle an eccentric Uh uncle for it to just be like this fun, artsy, young uncle. Yeah. He's that was a nice teacher. surprise. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm intrigued by this life he has where he like, it seems that he owns this house and he takes care of the house, but he doesn't actively live there. And like, he has a partner like two hours away in Provincetown. Mm-hmm. Like his name is on the mailbox there in Provincetown. Like yeah. up until now when his brother's family needs to come live at Key House, like, no, that's where he lived. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's it's it's nice sometimes to like see a story mm. like this that is so gruesome or so fantastical. Yeah. And then just to have someone who's completely normal. Like yes. I, yes. You, you can relate to them. Like they don't have superpowers. They're not some genius detective. They're mm-hmm. not some uh you know, they're, they're just like he's an art teacher. He's yeah. a normal guy. He goes yeah. to, to the bar on the weekends and and stuff like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some some sometimes it's nice to see someone who's just average. Yes, yes. 
Um, okay, Uncle Dunk. Mm-hmm. Uncle Dunk. Uh, I I tend to really like the kids in yes. in in this comic. I think Bodie is is a really great character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, I'm. Is that how they name. pronounced it in the audiobook? Because I was reading it as just Bode. I they did pronounce it as Bodie. Okay. In the audio drama. Um. Why am I forgetting his name? The kid with the action figures. Oh, Rufus. Rufus. Yes, he yeah. is also a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Um, not to spoil much, but he does end up playing a big role throughout the comic it seemed um, like he would yeah but but he, yeah he's he's just he's an interesting kind of not foil to Bodie, but mm-hmm. kind of this opposite look where yeah th- th- this this whole book it has this like magical fantastical element and the whole conceit is that uh the parents can't see it the adults can't see this magic mm-hmm. and they they can't recognize it for what it is and i really and the, and, enjoy that yeah and i right? like that that's the rules of the system it's not like this kind of goosebumps thing where it's like mom we found a werewolf and oh that's cute you kids are playing or don't bother me you know i have to prepare notes for my business meeting it's like no the adults Literally, because of the rules of this magic system, once you get old enough, like, you don't know what it is anymore. And, like, it can be right in front of you and your brain just, like, blurs it it out and you don't notice and you don't have any sense of it at all. Yeah, so it's neat to have Bodhi on Mm. one end just being like, this is so cool. Everything is magic. I can... Mm -hmm. Open my head. I I can become a dead person. I, I I can do X Y and Z. You know, and and then and then on the opposite end of that, there's Rufus who is seeing this, but because of his mental disabilities, mm-hmm. he's he's not really affected by it. Like he still sees it. He still takes it. He understands it, but he's yeah. not been like, wow, this is magic. I've never seen anything like this. He just goes. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then, yeah, and just like, sure. I'll process that, this that make, the way yeah. I process anything else. <laughs> right. Um, and and it's it's neat to just see those different perspectives, whereas Bodhi is kind of discovering it all. Mm-hmm. And Rufus feels like he's already seen it all. Or, yeah. Or, or, or just, just like, not that he's not discovering it or or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that or that he's seen it before because i don't remember if he has or, or, or not but just that he i i i feel like he's a character that understands that he he has these mental issues right mm-hmm. and so he just he just knows like hey i'm not go, 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 going to understand everything that is happening mm-hmm. or uh I might understand more than you think, and I just don't know how to express that and yeah. and, and stuff like that. And so it's just this – it's neat to see how they kind of – even though they haven't interacted in these first two v- yeah. volumes, um, just how d- different these kids can, can comprehend things. Yes. No, that's a good point. I'm very interested yeah. to see how he – 
gets into this group of kids and like who else joins joins them because you've also got um jordan is the cool girl mm-hmm. on the bike uh jackie is kinsey's friend from track she might get involved with it like there's a core group of kids and then there's these peripheral kids so you're kind of waiting to the see like family. yeah how into this do you get you know do you end up being part of this like mystery team or not or are you just like no, we're leaving Jackie out of this. Like, she doesn't need to know about this. I need one sane spot in my life, somewhere I can go where I don't have to think about magic nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the keys. Yeah. That's like the big crux of this st- story, is that there are mm. these magical keys. Uh might have to help me out here so far we've seen the anywhere key we've mm-hmm. seen the dead key i don't remember if that's what they call it yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Actually, Some, the ghost here. door key yeah we've seen the um anywhere key we've seen the gender key mm-hmm. the ghost key we've seen the head key yeah um, and like the yeah. omega key has been talked about and i think like we've seen a picture of it but i don't think it has come to play in the narrative yet yeah we've heard about it um we've also seen the echo key oh. I, I don't know if uh that was the one that allows entry into the well house uh, mm. that we saw in the flashback yes um, to, to win uh yeah again i don't remember her name but she almost killed Ellie. her mom yeah the track teacher right that's mm-hmm. who yeah she was. okay that makes sense um yeah there's a lot more keys i'm looking at a list here on wikipedia and i'm just like oh yeah there's all of these i don't remember half of these but sure (laughs) (laughs) and this is such a like a more cartoony style of plot devices you know you've got all of these different keys and you, they each have a different power and you have to collect all of them like it has collect this all kind seven. of some assembly yeah, re- required it has this kind of video game trading card like toy element to it mm-hmm. which is so much lighter than anything else going on around it in the story but it gets balanced out it doesn't feel like you're watching like this you know horror drama that all of a sudden has like this video game like goofy kids element to it like it works and all the keys are all they've all been really interesting like i've never seen anything like the head key like that set of powers that it opens Mm -hmm. up i don't think i've ever seen anything like that in a narrative like i mean teleportation you can become a ghost like that stuff seems familiar i've seen stuff like that before head stuff is new (laughs) Yeah. Um, so you mentioned how kind of video game yeah. it feels. Actually, in 2012, uh, Cryptozoic Entertainment released a card game based oh. off of this series. So if you guys are out there and interested in tabletop gaming, uh, you guys might be able to check that one out. Fact. Hmm. Um. But yeah, like I. It, it it is this really cartoony aspect i do it's it's and like this is what i mean by it's so imaginative it's like mm-hmm. what if there's a key where you can open someone's head and you can just see all of their memories but it's not like this 
wispy, metaphorical, yeah. misty thing. It's like they are in there. They are physical mm. things. They are obje- objects. And yes. you can pick them up and take them out. You can put new things in. And it, yeah. And <laughs> they can still exist outs- outside of, of, mm-hmm. of you. And that's a weird thing that there is just this physical representation of your emotions existing in the world or um okay here is your memory of this conversation just Mm. existing outside of you yes it's so weird it's like and they kind of have like a life of their own like lucas was plucked like there's the there's Lucas, there's gender swapped Lucas in the jar, and then he like crawls out and he crawls into Ellie's ear, so Ellie like yeah. remembers this again. That's interesting. Yeah, like a memory can just go back into you if you know you're not there to stop it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's yeah, because it's like they're not wanting to like mm. escape is yeah. the thing. Like once they're out there, they're not like freedom. <laughs> Yeah. Havoc. Um they're just like they're like making chaos, but in, mm-hmm. in the sense that they want to get back inside your your head, because that's where yeah. they belong. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's fascinating. Fascinating. What um since this is all you have seen and mm-hmm. and and read, if you had to take a guess what uh, other types of keys do you think oh. there will be? Oh, dang. I know. What else have we seen? There's a shot in the trailer where the kids are in, like, a candy store. So I wonder if one of them is this, like, oh, uh, like, this kind of, uh, like, the Room of Requirement in Harry Potter, where it's this room that just magically, magically has exactly what you need in it. Like, maybe it's something like that. It's like this wish fulfillment room where Bodhi's like, I want candy. And they open the door and it's like, oh, welcome to this candy store just for us. Kind of be like the anywhere key, right? But it can like make, but the anywhere key takes you to like real physical places. It's like just uh like a a shortcut. This is like, we've made something for you. Okay. You want it. Fabricates this thing. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um... That'd be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like the room in Lost, where it's just like <laughs> whatever you wanted to be in there is in there. <laughs> Surprise, yeah. it's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, it's candy. You don't get your dad back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have they have all sorts of magical keys. Hmm. Here, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm, some of them I'm, are, are you learn a little bit stuff. about where the keys come from because, like, I think at the end of maybe the second graphic novel, there's these, uh, there's this back matter that's like a profile on the keys by these like this like revolutionary war family, like the original generations way way back, like the mm-hmm. first locks who like made great, great these things. Lock. Like these were made by somebody. How? why how did they figure out how to do this yep and that will come up in the story down the road 
I think that's a lot more exciting than just, we don't know where the keys came from. Just to have this glimpse of, no, like, it's seemingly normal people made these. Yeah, which we we're, we're, we st- we started to get bits of that mm-hmm. story um, in certain flashbacks in this book. Like, we see, uh, what's his name, Lucas Caravaggio, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, just like him being with their father when they were in high school and stuff, and we know something happened. Yeah. With them, we don't know exactly what yet, but something, mm. something happened. There, there's yeah. right. There's, um, like it hasn't been revealed yet of what exactly this kind of big event or big catastrophe mm. or or what what have you. Um, and they're slowly uncovering that, and that's just the tip of the yeah iceberg, which is neat too. Um, so yeah. Like the, the, there's not much that I can say without spoiling it, but at the same time, no, I, I understand. Also, it, it was a long time ago, so I don't even remember exactly <laughs> what it was. Or like, I might read ahead to it, like because this is all unlimited on Comicsology, yes. unlimited, right? Like it's all free. I believe it's to borrow on only there right like now. Six volumes or so. One, two, yeah. three, four. That's what I was wondering. Five, like if the story like six. had since been finished for a while. I, I might just plow ahead and read the rest of this. Like, I really want to know what this all turns out to be. And yeah. I really appreciate this kind of Swiss cheese storytelling where, like, there's very clear questions that you are asking. It's not the sort of general sense of, well, why are there keys? You know, why are the keys attached to this house? Like, mm-hmm. it's been, like, narrowed down to generations back lock family ancestors made these keys how do they do them why did they do them what do you mean the house chose duncan what does that mean what yeah. is this event you know why were all the teen friends going down into the cave and then like duncan tried to follow them and lucas like let him back out like what did they go back down there to do how did those other kids die like it's leading you towards yeah. very specific holes in the story if you're waiting for like the right exposition of the right flashback or something to plug that hole in for you yeah something that i really enjoyed about this mm-hmm. book that I, I i don't think a lot of other comics do um is by the end of issue one it really didn't have the hook of the no. story um like it th- this this does not focus on some like big shocking moment or um, but like aha, and so now they need to mm-hmm. collect all of the infinity stones. And yeah, do this, and so then you know what the story is about. This ends up following more of like a novel structure. Yeah, um, where where it 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 has like it the story builds up over time and slowly starts to reveal things, and so it is this slow burn. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I can kind of understand, like, if you read volume one, like, you can kind of just be like, uh, sure, that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, there was a couple things in there. Don't you kind of want to know about those things? They're, you're mm-hmm. going to get a little bit more this next time. And then it's yeah. just by the end of volume six, 
it's one of those things you look back and you're just like, wow. Yeah. This, like, <laughs> all there was that. so much happening yeah. here all the time. And now you understand why things happened a certain way in volume one and two and stuff like that. And just like, oh, okay. I understand now. Yeah, I do good. like this longer plot structure that it has. Because yeah. you're right. It takes like several chapters into volume one to get all of the pieces on the table. And even then, like we don't even, we know we don't even have all of them. Right. right. <laughs> like yeah. it's so much about the family before we get into, oh, there's weird keys. And like all your dad's friends when he was a teenager, like they all underwent this major disaster and some of them died. And then Lucas like got turned into a lady and locked into a jar for a while. Yeah. Like, what is that? How did all of that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I also Um, love the concept that like, and I imagine the story being like, you know, 12 years old. Gender ideas have changed a whole lot since then. So sure. I don't know what they're going to do with the gender key in modern times. But I really like the idea that like Lucas used this key. And so he's appearing as this beautiful woman to the kids. And mm-hmm. the kids like don't know that's not. If hmm? they casted twins, like a guy and a girl. Interesting. Or, or just like someone who's androgynous and yeah. can play both parts. That would be fantastic. Yeah, who knows? But I like that the kids like have no idea that wasn't like an actual lady. That that they don't know it's like a guy under his spell. Yeah. So like they're gonna spend all this time wondering about somebody who's like not real. Like there's this really neat like red herring thrown into the story where they just mm-hmm. don't know. They have no idea They're until like for someone specific. Yeah. But that person is now like gender so opt yes, and right yes. with them. <laughs> right. I think like, that is a room. <laughs> <laughs> I think like all of the weird stuff that has happened to Lucas is really interesting plot stuff because again uh-huh. you are looking in completely the wrong places like none of the stuff that has happened should lead you to oh this kid in my class right now nothing is going to lead you to zach wells <laughs> like you have to go through so many hoops to get to zach wells yeah um or or you you had to have been like one of the kids back when yeah they were all in high school because we see the um, the drama teacher mm-hmm. recognize him, even though he is so, so, well. He's not swapped then because he's back to being a male at that part. Yeah, but still, yeah. still, it's just like he is like that's that's Lucas Caravaggio. Yeah, why is he young and walking around with the locks kids again? Yes, that can't be good. Uh-oh. Yeah, this this doesn't make sense. Um, and I like that Professor Ridgeway like knows something is up. Like he has no idea about any of this magic, but he like looks at all the clues in front of him, and he's like, "There's got to be something magic going on." Like he doesn't yeah, know, game is but just by Occam's <laughs> razor, he's like, "I don't know what else could be causing this." Right. Um, something else that I really like that this book mm-hmm. uh, did is that it does not shy away from changing perspectives. Oh, not book. at all. Yeah. Whether you're following uh, one of the kids or you're following the drama teacher or mm-hmm. if you're following Uncle Dunk for a book. Like, mm-hmm. I, 
just from issue to issue, it changes perspective based on what the story needs. And it's not like it's net. Well, I, I think the one with the drama teacher, the captions and stuff are the drama teacher speaking like he's reflecting on that right Mm -hmm. i did they do that with uncle dunk when we got to see his story i don't remember i don't know if he does as much like introspective narration because i i think at least for the most part in these first two volumes you are kind of this omniscient like third party viewer to this story. Yeah. But again, it's it's you're following different yeah, characters. I think the three kids tell are like telling you a story kind of, and Professor Ridgeway is. But I think like Duncan and Ellie, I think some of the other perspectives it gives you aren't necessarily like, and this is well, here I am. Like they're not, it's not that same like self-narration thing. That one is a lot more like omnipotent i've opened up this dollhouse and i'm looking down at them yeah okay yeah that makes sense i i I like that a lot because i'm 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 thinking of more like mainstream traditional Mm. superhero comics you always i mean not always but 99.9 percent of the time you're following one character and that's it you might get a page or, or two where you see like what's mary jane up to what's lois yeah. lane up to up to you know mm. but it for the most part it's it's just like this is spider-man's story this is batman's story this is whoever you're following it's their story whereas this there is not one title character right mm. it's this is not just Bodhi's story this mm-hmm. is not just uh what was the his older brother tyler name? tyler uh yeah it's not it's not just th- th- their story mm. and so you get to see all of these different yeah. perspectives and how it's affecting all of them but then we get to see all of it so we know things like but we know that they said this and you didn't yes, know yes. that. Like you see just how many people are wrapped up in this giant story. And yeah. I like how much of the narrative is spent on like uh, more mundane things, like things that aren't plot relevant, like the way Joe Ridgeway like really misses his wife. Mm-hmm. It, she doesn't seem to be like a plot relevant character but this really enriches him that like he had this wife he was madly in love with and she's been dead for a couple years and he's so old, like he should retire from the school, but they used to work at the school together. And he's like, it feels like part of her still with me when I'm still in this building. So I'm going to work here as long as I can. Or just like that memory or like Ellie being lonely, you know, not having a, a, a husband in her life and like she's hiding her vibrator in the walls of her house <laughs> so nobody finds it like stuff like that like it has no plot relevancy at all i don't sure. imagine this vibrator is going to become a magical object of power there's a key inside of it <laughs> but it really gives a lot of depth to that character to know what else that they are up to just in their own little private lives mm-hmm yeah, it's 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 neat to see some of that smaller stuff because it it again it follows kind of that novel 
mm. structure, like what you would what you would read in a typical book or a typical mm. novel, where it it yeah it focuses more on what's happening in in the town and who are these other characters, how are they affected and stuff. It's not just this like hyper focused. Here's Spider Man. <laughs> Look at Spider Man. There he goes. Another narration. Spider Man. <laughs> Another narration switch I was really intrigued by is when um, Duncan and his partner Brian go to that bar and then there's those two homophobic women that are attacking them and then they're like waiting out like they follow them home and they're like waiting in their truck outside their house to like attack them after they go to sleep. And we spend a lot of time with those women and I'm like, what is this going to? Like, is this purely here for like, social political commentary or are these two women like going to become something is this going to be plot relevant mm-hmm. or is it just like here's another perspective of the human condition in dealing with fear and hate and things like that it, it might be closer to that mm-hmm. I, I think I, I i don't remember if those characters stick around or if that's the last we saw of them or, or who knows um but yeah, like it's it's to me it's kind of just this picture of yeah, just just what's happening in the town. How is this uh kind of central mystery still mm. affecting the town? Like here here's a a house that has a key that you can swap g- genders. Like yeah. That has some kind of political message yeah. behind it however you will want to take that mm-hmm. and then here is this kind of real life example of how certain people might react to that of just like i don't want to be anywhere near the gay people. yeah they're all the way up people in provincetown though which is interesting like those characters yeah. are two hours away from where the main action of the story is taking place like that whole section where dunk goes up to provincetown i liked it it's interesting mm-hmm. it's not all comfortable but it's all interesting and i i want to see like how that gets back towards the main like uh Lovecraft this is the name of their town they live in, which is like a little heavy handed. On the nose, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, how does this loop back around to like the Lovecraft town narrative besides like the fact that Uncle Duncan is like a very plot relevant character? I'm curious about his partner. Like, I really want to know more about that Brian guy and like how they met and how they match up mm-hmm. and like what, if anything, Brian knows like if he has any sense of just the, it seems the like he house doesn't is weird yeah yeah i don't i don't think he's been to the house mm-hmm. he hasn't been mentioned to the family like the family does not know that uncle duncan is gay or at least that they no I, no they do i think like i don't think they know that like he has like a dedicated partner he goes to but i think they know like He's gay and like he goes up to this town to teach art classes like he works out of Provincetown. But I it does it. Yeah, it's not clear if like they know, oh, he has this personal life in Provincetown. Yeah, Um, because there there's one time I think where Dodge asks Tyler if he's single. Or or, or something like they they ask like, oh, does he have a girlfriend? He's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's he's just a. Typical single dude. There's like an ellipse. There's like a break in the middle of that line, which read to me as like, 
Oh, Tyler knows. of like, yeah, like how do I'll, I phrase this? Yeah, or like, you know, I've just met you. We're in the small town. Like, I don't know exactly how much I should share with you at this point. Sure. Like, I think like everyone's That's aware. Fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, I, I think it's just a picture of, mm-hmm. hey, here's something else that some yeah. people have to be a afraid of, 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 mm-hmm. of, of, of just like, do I tell them who I really am? Like, mm-hmm. do, you know, do I let, 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 let them know that I have a different sexual or- mm-hmm. orientation than is what is like accepted in the mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. I think it might just be that stuff. Yeah. They don't know about uh, whatever his name was. Brian? Yeah, Brian. Okay. You guys know that I'm terrible with names. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the family, <laughs> like they don't know about Brian specifically, but they do know that Uncle Duncan is gay. And maybe they have some sense of, hey, he might have a, you know, a guy he sees when he goes up to Provincetown to work. But yeah, it doesn't seem like sure. they're like, oh, yes, let's welcome Uncle Brian into the family. Good old Uncle Brian. Mm, he's it. I would love to see if he comes back to to Lovecraft and how he interacts with all of this. Do you want to talk about the art for these books? Yes, I do want to talk talk about the art. This is great art. Um, yeah, it's good. My hesitation in saying mm. that is that again, it's that weird thing where I I don't feel like I can pinpoint where this story falls exactly in mm. within like what genre it is, and so I. On one hand, I'm like, it's not scary enough for a okay. horror story. Um, like, it's it's just the characters look a little bit more cartoonish. They look a, like mm-hmm. they not. I they haven't gone full caricature, but no. their eyes are a little bit bigger than they normally are. Their chins might be a little bit mm-hmm. like more pronounced or something than you might normally mm-hmm. see. Like, it is this stylized version and it it tends to fit the more whimsical yeah the more fantastical like when when you get to to look inside inside someone's head those Mm -hmm. pages are fantastic yeah i love them they're great but then when it's like here's this character being brutally murdered it's just like i don't know if this fits the tone (laughs) i i liked the stylization, I think it's like uh-huh. a very good middle point. Like it does not get to cartoony, but right. you're right. Everybody's got kind of an exaggerated feature, but with a book with such a big cast and with so much it, like generational things, like these characters are related yeah. or that's this character, but gender swapped because of this magic spell, like to have these certain like larger features, like, like the lock family chin, like to have right. these kind of bigger stylized little elements among it i think really helps you like kind of help keep people straight you know, which is mm-hmm. helpful you know just such a big unwieldy story like this yeah i the another thing that i liked about the art is exactly that where i mm-hmm. i didn't have confusion of like okay is this yeah science teacher who is that? yeah I don't, everybody I don't looks that. really distinct yes yeah so that that helps out a ton mm. um which I, I think a lot of comic book artists sometimes know, like, hey, I have that, like, 
one idealized female form in my mind and i'm just gonna make all the female characters look like that and then they all look the same except one is blonde and one is brunette there you go they're different right yeah i and i wonder if if this was any more naturalistically illustrated like then it might start to get kind of muddy with just the sheer number of characters you have running around i mean yeah maybe I, I I can see how that happens. I don't like that. that that's the thing. Like I don't know if I am necessarily wanting a different style mm-hmm. in the book, despite me being like, okay, I don't know if the tone matches right here in the in, in, you know in certain in certain parts. I like the style. I think the line work is really yes b- 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 bold. It mm-hmm. makes everything very clear. Yes, um, and. That's the thing. Like, so I don't know how much the art is telegraphing things for you, but mm. because I kind of know some of the things yeah. about the story, I'm seeing the art and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so obvious. Like, <laughs> this is just like this is it's this thing. Do the thing. Take the thing. Do the thing. Right? <laughs> um, and and so I like I can see it from that. Perspective, but I'm not sure if stuff like that is translating for you yet. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It, it's it's all it's. It, this is gonna sound a lot more cryptic than it okay. actually is, but it's all in the l- l- line work. Like mm. this, 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 this art really just makes things very b- 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 bold and very clearly defined of like okay this is what this room looks like this is what that character looks like here are their features exactly um right there's no ambiguity of like well maybe he kind of looks like this maybe you know Mm -hmm. and which i which i i think again goes hand in hand with the like each character has these very distinct features it's just like you you know yeah everyone is where everything is what everything is um there's not much mystery within the artwork mm-hmm. i like the character not a bad thing yeah no i do really like that because like we've read some comics before that have like a looser sketchier style to them right. and sometimes there'd be like an action scene or something and it's really hard to track like where everybody's body parts are at one time yeah. and exactly like what's happening you're right this is very very clear which I appreciate a lot. Like, I think the yeah. art is perfect to serve the kind of story it needs to tell, where everything is very clear and clean and distinct. Yeah. And I yeah, like the I character agree. designs. Like, I like Tyler's design and that he is this kind of, like, he's a little surly. Like, he's a little bit of, like, we don't know if he's necessarily an outcast, but he's definitely not, like, Mr. Popular Big Man on campus. You know, social yeah. calendar is full. And he has the, like, he, sports jock kind of build. He's a little bit bigger. Right, yeah, and that's not, not the typical design you would see for a character of his type. You'd be expecting, like, I don't know, kind of a, like a Weasley or guy or something. And I like that he's, like, sort of a big guy. Like, he's not overweight or, like, super buff or anything. Like, he's just a big fella. Like, he's just tall and, yeah. like, stocky. Yeah, yeah. I the thing that c- 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 
comes to mm. mind is 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 just like good old fashioned like red blooded midwestern American male where he's mm. just like he's big, yeah, he's a big hunk of meat, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like a big old chuck roast of a boy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a, he's a big old chuck roast. <laughs> Or like, um, like Lucas is very handsome and like, I look at him and I think about myself when I was a teenager and I look at Ellie and I'm like, oh, I also would have fallen for this boy. <laughs> like okay. that's what exactly what 16 year old Melissa would have also done. Like Dark hair, like, piercings, right. tattoos. <laughs> well, not that, but just like the dark hair and like these bright, cr- clear eyes and these like, you know, real angular features. Yeah. Oh, like the art really services him being this kind of cool, mysterious, alluring bad boy. Like he's perfectly illustrated to be that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and 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 then I, I think a lot of the lo- the locations too. Yes. The, like ornate details in the house because it, it is this big like Victorian yes. mansion. I'm not sure if that's the right style mm-hmm. of house, but still, it's just this big, like, New England-style mansion. Yeah, I think it's mostly Victorian style. Yeah, and so there's all of these ornate details within the house, within the decorations, uh, mm-hmm. just, uh, just within the furniture of, of, of the house, too. We see this big grandfather clock, right? We see, like old rooms in the basement that are these like wine cellars and stuff like that it it is a very creepy house like Mm -hmm. i i I want the tv show to like they go in this house and it is like it's been kept up but it's still dusty and there's still some cob yeah and like it's a huge house and if it's just duncan taking care of it like Like he's not gonna once a month or something like that's a bigger job than one guy can do so like i yeah it should feel this like sense of there's somebody out here watching over this house it is cared for but it will always be out of your reach (laughs) the house is always outpacing you yeah and so I, i i like i like the locations within yeah. the house i think um even seeing like the the art that's on the walls and stuff mm-hmm. whether it's in duncan's art c- c- class or stuff like that like they they do stuff with that where it's like hey here's a charcoal drawing yeah that I, I i'm assuming gabriel rodriguez made the, 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 those too mm-hmm. of this like actual lifelike drawing of this cave yeah there's these like mysterious figures th- th- mm-hmm. that are like walking out of it he's like oh i didn't know i put those in there uh, in, oh in, or in, i love when um when uh when sam lesser so is in rindle's office and he sees that like beautiful illustration of the well house and he stares mm-hmm. at it and then like there's lucas waving yeah, like, at him from the window me. yes yeah. that's great yeah, Which and it's like I don't remember how they did stuff like that in the hmm. audio drama because that is so, like again that is something that is purely visual. Yeah, it's so good. I like I just. I, I don't understand how that would translate exactly, mm-hmm. and which is why I'm excited for this to be a TV show because yeah. they can also p- 
play with stuff like that mm. in, 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 in there. So I'm, mm. I'm excited. Yeah, and show. it's we've been talking about the house, and it's not just the house. Like, I think every setting they're in is really well designed. Like, I love Duncan and Brian's house in Provincetown. <laughs> that is such a cute little house. I love its weird kitchen with, like, all the wood accents and, like, the stained glass window, and it looks like yeah. an old pub or something. Every place they go to, like, everything just seems, like, very... You know, like a lot of work was put into every place that you go and like every side character that you see. Yeah. Some, 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 sometimes you can see, uh, comics that like they're in the, like the bedroom of that character. And it's yeah. just so barren. It's yeah. so bare. And this, I think, this comic prides itself on the smaller details yes. within this stuff like oh here's their nightstand with mm-hmm. 30 things on on on, t- on yes. top of it and it's just like that's there's a lot of work that was there's put in, a variety of awesome. settings in this too like there's like there's a scene where tyler and kinsey are talking and they could have put it in like either one of their rooms but instead mm-hmm. it's like out on this deck that the house has and Kinsey has laid out a rug and she's like strung extension cords and so she has like a lamp out there and she set down all these cushions and she's sitting out there reading a bunch of books like they didn't yeah. need to make this extra setting but it's really neat and I think it oh it's a neat part of her character that she's like oh, I'm just gonna take all this stuff outside and I'm gonna read on the deck and I'm gonna yeah. string extension cords so that I've got the lamp I like from my room but I want to be outside yeah, that like it's it's moments like that that I think re- really mm-hmm. help these characters feel like they yes. are actual people. Yes. Um, one of my favorite moments in comics c- comes from the manga Twentieth Century b- 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 Boys. Yes. Uh, by Naoki Urasawa, and there's this moment where the main character gets a guitar for his birthday mm. and they're this really poor family they've been like his his sister got him the guitar but she had mm. been like working three jobs and saving up for it for for him so that she could get him this guitar and they don't even have a mirror in their house so he it's it's nighttime and so instead of looking in a mirror he goes to like the back door of his house which is just this big like sliding sliding glass door and since it's nighttime and the lights are on inside the house he can see himself in the in the reflection i'm just like that's so neat that like yeah there's just this like why why wouldn't you just put a mirror in the house like Mm -hmm. there's there's just this extra care and attention to making it more personal it's like here is what kinsey would do she would take the couch cushions from the couch in in the parlor room in in the second (laughs) parlor room that no one has that no one has gone in and she's like i'm just gonna bring these outside and like mm-hmm. get an extension cord and lamp and i'm just gonna read yes all day and she's like that that's something i feel like someone would do mm-hmm. another or, little or they knew someone who used to yes do that and then they put that in the book yes i like it a lot there's another piece of like artistic 
character building with Kinsey that I really liked when, when they find the head key, she's like, take out my memories of no, like, I don't want to know how to cry anymore. I want to forget how to cry. And she's like, take out all of my fears. So they take out like the embodiments of like tears and fears from her head. And like the embodiment of fear is this like little black gremlin kind of character with like a spear and it's wrapped in this toga of like newspapers with like scary headlines on them. Yeah. Oh, like I liked that it was the majority of Kinsey's fear comes not from like personal trauma. Of course, seeing her dad get murdered that that did a big number on her. But a lot of it's just like the weight of just overall world pain because like there's the impending doom of the world. Like everything written on this newspaper toga that this little fear sprite has is like, you know, the family dies in house fire, teen suicides yeah. are up, drugs are ravaging. Like it's all like general, general things that are not specific to her at all. And I like that that showed like added to, she's like a very empathetic, like very kind of charitable, like aware person. Like she's got a bunch of Amnesty International posters like in her room. <laughs> yeah. And I like that that's what worries her is not so much like things that have happened or could happen to her. It's like things that happen to just people, just people in the world. Like that's yeah. what bothers her the most. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's what the gremlin is dressed in. But at mm. the same time, he's just nonstop talking. Like, this yes. person is lying to you. They hate you. They do this. He's screaming at her. Like, you look yeah. terrible naked. You look worse with clothes, <laughs> clothes on. on. Like, you're yeah. going to die a virgin who can't drive or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, it has a bit of both. Mm. It is this, like, yes. metaphorical representation, but not in a like amorphous sense it is clearly defined like he mm-hmm. is i mean it, it it's, to describe it almost sounds biblical like he is yes. speaking the lies that you know to be true and he is raped in the bad times of who you know who knows what like it it has this weird thing and then they just make that physical yes and i also love I like that. The representation of her crying, which is this like wailing woman, like a widow you would see that see at a gravesite. Like she's wearing this black robe and this black veil, and she's carrying this bouquet of flowers. But she has this giant like spigot on her back, and all of her hands are made out of just like faucet pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 neat to see all that stuff. That like that is the thing that I love about the artwork is just that mm-hmm. it, when it gets to the imaginative bits, yes. it knocks it out of the park. Absolutely. Like, so good. Yeah. And we've, I know we have seen like a fraction of the mystical things that this house oh, can yeah. do. And like, I know there's more of that stuff waiting for me. Right. Like we, we, we saw, we saw one key that was mm-hmm. hitting on top of the grandfather clock. Mm. Yes, but that that was it. It was just like we happened to see a pr- perspective where we know that there's a key up there, but no one has found it yet. It was mm-hmm. just like, what is that one? What, when are they going to discover that one? You know, and so. I love that all of these keys like, you know, we can kind of piece together that like. Duncan and Rindle like figured out that when they were younger, like these keys are bad. We have to hide the keys. And all they did was just hide the keys 
in their own house in places nobody would look in that giant house. Like they did need to bury them in a lockbox, like, you know, in the wall of a cave two miles away. No, like it's just put on top of the grandfather clock. Nobody's going to look up there. Yeah. Here's a bracelet that I gave to my daughter with a key Mm. inside it. Yes. And she didn't even know that it was in there. Mm. Um, That's neat. I, I, I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. I enjoy it. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about with this book? Um, I think to move on to recommendations, like okay. one of my favorite parts of this book is that looming story of what happened to this previous group of teenagers and like, how did some of them die? Who were those other people? Where did they go? What happened to them? Mm-hmm. And this reminded me a lot of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which we've covered That's before on the yeah. show. We covered season one. And it is a... Uh, also a lot more <laughs> child-friendly. Yes, than yes. This one is. <laughs> Much more child-friendly. And it's the Scooby-Doo adventure where it's the same gang you've known and loved. And they're all in this one town. And they start to crack into... There's this weird history in the town. And there's this weird history behind, like we're not the first group of teen detectives that the town has had. Like this is like this generational like loop, like every generation has one of these. And like the previous generation had like, you find out like it has some very personal connections to them. Like, you know, some of their parents are in there and just finding like, who were those group of people? Like, how did that break off? What was this giant chasm that opened up between them like what was that event that broke that team and scattered everybody yeah Mm. yeah that's a good one good recommendation um i would recommend rachel rising Mm. which is a comic book by terry moore um we have previously read the first couple volumes of strangers in paradise yeah terry moore uh rachel rising is also all on comiXology unlimited uh so you guys can read it all on there if you would like uh but it's about this young girl named rachel who wakes up in her own grave after Mm. being strangled um and she doesn't remember the circumstances of how she got attacked and how she got killed because yes she actually did die uh now she is for some reason woken back Mm -hmm. up um and so she tries to solve her her own murder of like what happened with there but it leads to this whole thing of like there's this mystery within the town here there are, are things that have happened in the past and we are kind of uncovering that as as we go uh and it is also set in new england um where where locking key is is okay so if if you like that new england horror if you like witches and demonic stuff rachel rising Mm. is what you should check out all right that's all I can think of at at, yeah. at, at least for right now. You have pl- if you like if you like these comics, you know you have this Netflix series and you have this audio book you could go check out. Yeah, which I think 
according to the Wikipedia here, it said that it was the all six books of Lock and Key were adapted into a 13-hour audio dr- drama released on October 5th, 2015, hmm. produced by the Audio Comics Company for Audible Studios. Oh! So it is on Audible. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The work received critical praise in 2016 and was nominated for four audio awards from the Audiobook Publishers Association of America, including mm-hmm. Best Original Work and Excellence in Production. Oh. There you go. Oh, and it stars, uh, let's see, the work features the voices of Tatiana Maslany, ah. Haley Joel Osment, Whoa. and Kate Mulgrew, mm. with appearances by Hill Rodriguez and Stephen King. Ah. That's a pretty good cast. Yeah. That is a good cast. Um, cool. Yeah. Go 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 check it out. I'm excited mm-hmm. for the Netflix show too. Yeah. Coming out at the end end of the week here. Um, Melissa, it yep. is your turn to do the pitches. It is. And what I pitched today, also today is Groundhog's Day. I think we forget about this holiday every year. Next year, one of us has to remember to at least try and pitch Groundhog's Day in time for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good. Because it seems a wonder that after like four years, nobody's tried to do that one. <laughs> but the episode, um, what I pitched today will be recorded next week. This will be the episode we release on February 12th. So these are all romantic pitches for Valentine's Day. Okay. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Pitch number one is a returning pitch from last year. This is a television miniseries. Remember when they used to do those before this age of limited series events and 10 episode streaming shows? There was a TV miniseries. Uh, This aired in the year 2000. This is called The Tenth Kingdom. This is a childhood favorite of mine. This was very formative to young Melissa. And what this is about is uh, it's a world where all the fairy tales are real and they all live together and they're separated into like nine different kingdoms. Like there's Cinderella's kingdom and Sleeping Beauty's kingdom, etc. And there's these series of magic mirrors that they use as like kind of like their anywhere keys. Like they can teleport very quickly from one sure. part of a kingdom to way on the other side of another kingdom. And uh, the <laughs> there is a evil witch that is taken the mind and soul of a prince that is about to be crowned king and swapped it with her loyal dog. So her plot is that, oh, I'm going to put, you know, the precious brave mind of the prince and this dumb dog, and I'm going to put the mind and soul of my most loyal servant into the body of the man that's about to be crowned king. This is her, okay. her, her idea. And but this dog gets away and she sends like these trolls after the dog, like get that dog like you. I have to have the dog in my possession to make sure nobody figures out I did the spell. And the they run through a mirror and wind up in New York City. And they're like, well, this must Wonderful. be the 10th kingdom we've never heard of. <laughs> and so they wind up with this. um and so it's all these fairy tale creatures. It's this magic dog. It's these trolls. It's it's this like 
human embodiment of the big bad wolf. Like he's not a werewolf. He's this sort of weird, ambiguous wolf man. Sure. They wind up in New York. They run into this like bitter single, like 20 something waitress and her like, you know, single dad. They get wrapped up with them. And then they end up going back through the magic mirror to this fairy tale land. And it's just about this woman. Like I want to get home. I want to find another magic mirror portal because the one we came through got broke. I have to get back to New York City. I guess I'll try and stop this evil queen here along the way if I have to, if it'll help me, like, get <laughs> get me and my dad through another mirror to get back to New York City. Okay. Okay. This is all very complicated. <laughs> I love this story. This is so charming. It's one of the best fairy tale mashups. Like, this is my gold standard for the classic okay. fairy tale mashup story. Interesting. Really fantastic characters. It's a little cheesy, but like knows it's a little cheesy. Like it's very tongue in cheek about everything. And it, oh, it's surprisingly dramatic. Like the way everything kind of builds to this climax towards the end. It's like, oh, there's a lot more emotion behind this than I thought we were going to deal with. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes. All right. So pitch number one is the 10th kingdom. And then last year, one of my Valentine's Day pitches was Titanic. Ah. And I thought, well, we're no longer in the 10s. We are in the 20s here, here in this new decade. We need another movie where Leonardo DiCaprio dies in the water at the end. We're moving ahead from Titanic to The Great Gatsby. Okay. So pitch number two (laughs) is Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. Gotcha. Okay. We all know the story. I've seen this one. Great. Oh, you haven't seen this one? I have not, actually. Wow. Did you watch, like, the old one in, in high school? I, I mean, I read the book in high school. You didn't watch the high movie? School. No, we, we didn't oh. watch it. Oh, this is a good one, Kyle. This is very fun, and it's Boslerman, okay. so it's the guy who did, like, Moulin Rouge and Romeo plus Juliet. So it's got that whole, like, extra glitzy, luxurious aesthetic to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's a delight to watch. I think it's like very uh, visually dazzling. Plus, cool. you know, great performances. I've been on a DiCaprio mm-hmm. streak lately. Would love to watch him again in this. Cool. And pitch number three. This is a movie I brought up in my fantasy movie draft we did for the Patreon a couple weeks okay. ago. And you mentioned you hadn't seen it. So I'm like, well, here we go. Here's the time. We should down. watch Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. This is the story of it's set in like the 1960s, and it's these two kids that live in like this tiny, like a New England coastal community, you know, out on like little peninsulas and islands and all of that. And it's this girl from this family, and then it's this boy who's like an orphan and lives in this group home, and they meet once at like a camp or something and then they go both go their separate ways but they like fell for each other and they wrote all these letters and they did you know plan out out over the letters we're gonna run away together so the movie is these two kids sneaking out of their homes running away together and then all their families and the entire community like trying to find them while there's this giant impending like storm of a lifetime about to like come down on the town So it's this race against time. Like we have to get these kids back home before like they get washed away in a flood or something. And of course it's Wes Anderson. So it's all very like 
quirky and like super stylized. Sure. Mm hmm. Okay. So we have three very different romances for you. We have the yes. 10th Kingdom, this sort of uh, cute but winky kind of spoofing fairy tale romance. We have The Great Gatsby, classic American tragedy, and we have Moonrise Kingdom about two quirky, precocious 12 year olds trying to run away together. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think I actually want to go with Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. Cause I, I kind of remember seeing the previews and trailers and mm. stuff like that. And I, I, I think Wes Anderson has such a strong yes. visual appeal. Yes. That's just so different, but yet so distinct. Like it's not, it's not so bold that it's in your face like mm -hmm. the stuff you might see in great G G gatsby mm -hmm. it's calmer it's subtler but it's still like so distinct it's just like yes wes anderson i know he did that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you're right I, I i i think we should do that one dude let's do moonrise kingdom that sounds good nice all right uh, let's see. Go like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. We have been trying to get more people to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, right now we are at 54 subscribers. Uh, of course we would love to make it to 100 one day. Uh, so if you guys could help us out and recommend us to a friend, get more people to subscribe us, spread the word. That would help us out a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that is about it for everything else. Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can stay up to date with all of our shows on Twitter at The Whatnots. Uh, yeah, and if you guys like what we do, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is where you can support us. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. This has been episode 92 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.